Are you at the doctor's office with mommy and Lee? And Gaga oh, came get too. Get up in the chair. Go ahead. Get up in the chair. Are you going to be the patient? Are you, are you having a baby? Yeah. Are you having a baby? Yeah. yeah. No. Is mommy having a baby? Welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Oh, yeah. Doug is actually calling me because I had to go to a doctor's appointment. So we're recording this separate from each other. So if it's a little different than usual, uh, you know, now you know why. We're so transparent. Yeah, we're so transparent on this podcast that we always just share that kind of stuff with you guys. Just because if, you know, if the audio is a little wonky, I want you to know why. It's not because we're completely unprofessional, only slightly unprofessional. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, not completely professional either. Um, how did your doctor's appointment go? It went good. I feel, feel like we should just talk about that later because in all honesty, the doctor's appointment didn't go as well as I had hoped. But I don't want to talk about that right now because we have a giveaway right now for Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We reached 50,000 followers on our Instagram page and I want to like celebrate that. Yeah. So we're randomly selecting 50 of you to get you coffee on us just to say thank you for being such loyal, amazing friends. And we just truly, truly love and adore you. So at the very end of this podcast, I don't want to make you listen to like 50 different handles, but you should listen to it because if you submitted a five-star review on iTunes, then chances are you're probably going to get yourself a coffee on us. So just at the very end of this podcast, just listen to the, you know, to all the handles. And if you hear yourself on there, then send me an email at jamie at jamieotis.com and and in the email, please add your PayPal number or, or I'm sorry, your PayPal email or your Venmo number. And I am going to send you off some $5 for coffee or whatever yes, you yeah. want on us. And send us your credit card information, PIN number, social, and name of your favorite school teacher. <laughs> yeah, we don't need all of that. <laughs> so yeah, so I just had this doctor's appointment, which we'll talk about later. And also I saw my mom for the first time since finding out that, you know, who my dad is. And so Uh I had a lot of questions for her. And that's also just a bit of a heavier topic. So we're just going to save that for later. Because first, I wanted to thank everyone, every single one of you. So our last episode, I shared with you that my sister Leah is pregnant with me. And so is my sister Amy Lynn. They're both pregnant with me. And it's very, very exciting. I went to the store and I got three matching baby outfits so that we could, you know, have our little triplets together. But Leah got very, very bad news from the doctor and so it wasn't necessarily certain whether or not the baby was gonna make it and um it turns out that the baby had stopped growing and there was no heartbeat and she is now still technically pregnant because she hasn't lost the baby yet um but I just wanted to just really send out like so much heartfelt thanks and just gratitude to each of you who thought to pray for my sister because you know this is pretty much the worst news you could get before the holidays and the fact that both her other sisters are pregnant it's just it's just not easy on her and so of course I saw her on Thanksgiving and she seemed to be like handling herself okay I mean I mean as much as you can exactly like I don't I don't even know how to say it so I just wanted to thank each of you guys for thinking of my little sister because she's is going through a really hard time right now. Yeah. And also, you know, obviously I've been on that boat where I lost a baby and my sister-in-law remained pregnant. And I know that that is so hard. I just know how hard that is. And I don't want to have that issue with my sister where she sees my belly getting round and big. And one day I deliver a healthy baby and she, you know, I just don't want that there's no way to there's no way to avoid it though have you have you spoke with her about whether she wants to continue to try to have another baby so she i have because this pregnancy wasn't planned she was actually going to get her tubes tied prior to finding out she was pregnant and then of course she was elated to find out that she was pregnant and she's really not sure what she wants to do at this point you know first thing she wants to do is figure out how to miscarry this baby because her body's not doing it naturally. So um, she has a doctor's, another doctor's appointment set up where she might just go to the OR and have a DNC, 
or I mean, I recommended from my own personal experience, I, I don't know how to say it, but like I took the medicine and it worked. And so I personally didn't want to go into the the OR, but everybody handles it differently and whatever is right for her. Of course, we support her and love her, but um, I don't know. I think she's just taking it one step at a time and just going to yeah. kind of take care of this first and then figure out, you know, how she's feeling after, but definitely not the easiest um, for her. So thank you guys so much for your prayers and your love and your support for her. In other news, my sister, Amy Lynn had her first ultrasound appointment just just yesterday actually and she called me bawling I mean absolutely hysterical I couldn't even understand what she was saying and I was like what 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 are you trying to say to me and she said she had her first ultrasound appointment and her baby's only measuring at five and a half weeks which essentially like her doctor thought maybe the baby stopped growing at that point so she thinks maybe she lost her baby too And here I am pregnant and hoping to start feeling this baby kick inside me. And both my sisters are wondering if their babies are even viable. And it just, and I know exactly how they, I mean, I don't know exactly how they feel because everybody handles it differently, but I just know the pain that I went through and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. Especially for your younger sisters, you know, it's, it's tough. And, you know, you just, you're, you're very supportive and, you know, I know that, you're very supportive of both of your sisters and you've always kept an open ear and I, I know that they know that. So I know, but I just, I was just going to ask our lovely friends again, if they wouldn't mind praying for my sister, Amy Lynn now too, because I just like, you know, not even if you're not spiritual, you don't have to pray, just like send positive vibes out for her because so she's in the predicament where she's not sure now if her baby is only indeed five and a half weeks along or if she you know is further along and she just it just stopped growing so doug what are you drinking it's the wind in the car ah so if anybody else out there is struggling with some some disappointing news before the holidays just want to let you know you're not alone and we're in this together and honestly you can feel free to message me and I would be happy to send out a prayer for you as well and some positive vibes for you because we've got to be supporting each other and loving on each other because really like if you think about life it's it's all we have is each other but without getting too deep. <laughs> well we have the best supportive friends in the world and uh, I know that there's an army behind this and, and a lot of positive vibes can certainly go a long way. I totally agree um, and I just want it to be clear that I want to support each and every one of you listening the same way that you support me and my family. So, I mean, that's why we try to do things like do the giveaway and different things like that, just to let you know that, you know, your love and support truly does not go unnoticed. And we really appreciate you. We have the best friends in the world. Yep. That being said, we partner with the Himalaya app. And if you'd like to download that, it's a completely free application and you can listen to our podcast a day early. And also, we want to give a shout out to the five-star reviewer of this week. The five-star review we have is, dun-dun-dun, from PugParent01. She said, I love your podcast. I listen every week at work. Helps get me through the day. I don't have any kids, just a dog that is like my baby, but I still love listening to you both. I have followed your journey, and it makes me so happy you both have found each other. Congrats on the baby boy on the way. And keep it up with the podcast. I really enjoy how honest you are and so relatable. You remind me of me and my husband. Happy holidays to you both. Aw, happy holidays to you too. And if you're a doggy mom, you count as a parent because, I mean, our dogs are our babies, right? (laughs) So because we are very, very professional all the time, which is completely sarcastic. (laughs) So professional. We have a uh, a very small child named Henley and who is crying right now. So I'm going to excuse myself and go soothe her because she's screaming for her father. (laughs) She's actually screaming for her mommy, but I'm going to stay here and let Doug take care of her so I can finish chatting with you guys because I have the best guest coming on today and I really want to tell you about her. But all right, Doug, I love you. I'll love you too. Let me know if she needs anything. Okay. Love you. Bye. So before I bring our guests on, who, by the way, is such an awesome guest. So her name is Sarah. She is the creator of The Bird's Papaya on Instagram. And I had thrown out a question to everyone on Instagram who you want to hear from, because this podcast is really for you. I mean, it's turned out to be a therapy session for my husband and I, and you just happen to be a part of the ride, which is great because then I get your advice and feedback. But 
it's honestly to be able to connect with you on a deeper level. That was the whole point of, you know, starting this whole podcast. So I reached out to you on Instagram on our Hot Magical Parents page and just asked, like, who do you want to hear from? Like, who would you want on our podcast? And a lot of you said the bird's papaya. And I've been following her myself, too. Uh, I've seen her on and off in Instagram. And wow, she is amazing. And oh, my gosh. I cannot wait for you to hear our interview. I'm going to separate it into two parts. There's going to be a part one today and then a part two next week. And you're going to understand why. Okay, in full transparency, I usually have a guest on and we'll have a bunch of questions for them that I think that are relatable and that you guys want to hear about. And so I'll ask them questions that I'm just genuinely interested in, but also that I think you would be interested in, in, in knowing about as well. And so I had a bunch of questions for Sarah, but honestly, I could have talked to this woman all day because because she is filled with so much advice on how to have positive self-talk and how to love yourself no matter what shape, size, color you are. And I just could have talked to her all day. So I can't cut out any of our interview. I mean, it's literally an hour long interview. And typically I have about a 45 minute to an hour long interview with guests, but I'm able to cut out some things that just, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't really flow or jive. This woman, there's zero that I'm cutting out. I just can't cut any of it out. I think you're going to want to hear the whole entire thing. So I'm literally going to play the whole entire thing for you. And it is a new platform that we started recording on because I noticed that in a lot of our interviews, some of the guests would be like cut off or I would be cut off and it would just be difficult to follow. So we researched this new platform and it seems like it's going to do really well, but this is our very first time using it. So please pardon any hiccups. I'm obviously very excited to have this guest on and to share this whole conversation with you. But before I leave you hanging, I know that a lot of you have been following me and kind of curious about how this whole progression is happening where I recently just discovered my father. And um, for those of you who are new, I just did one of those like DNA swabs and was like had a high match with this woman named Luann. Turns out she was my dad's sister. So she was my paternal aunt. And I was just so skeptical. I think everybody was. I think she was too. So we did like a third party lab test and came back that yes, indeed, she is definitely my paternal aunt. Um, Because I like literally had my mom swab her DNA to make sure it wasn't like somehow that this woman was related to my mom as well. But anyways, so I haven't had the chance to talk to my mom in person since I since I found out who my father is because I just don't see my mom that often. I did get to talk to her on the phone and you know she was actually very kind to me on the phone and said, you know, do you forgive me for for this basically? And I was like, of course. And I and I truly from the bottom of my heart, I really do. I mean, what happened 34 years ago when I was conceived is really almost like I don't know if I could say it's none of my business, but it's like, it's so long ago that no matter what happened, I just have to accept it and be so thankful that I am conceived and that I'm here. And so I really do like a hundred percent forgive her. But on Thanksgiving, I saw her for the first time and I just wanted to ask her about my dad. I just wanted her to tell me anything she knew about him, really, like anything at all. I'm just dying to know more about my father without hounding my two aunts who I'm growing closer with, but I don't want to consistently be like, hey, what else do you have to tell me? So anyways, I just was like, mom, you know, what do you have to say? And she's like, literally, this is what she said to me. She said, you're not going to like what I have to hear, or you're not going to like what I have to say. And I was like, I mean, I just... Like, I just am deflated. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Cause I'm like, come on, mom. Like, you know, like the man's dead and I just found out who you, who my father is. So what do you mean? And so, you know, my whole life, she's kind of insinuated that maybe she was raped. Maybe she wasn't. She has no idea. She tried drugs for the first time and that's all she knows that she blacked out. She can remember his face in the mirror, but not who he is. And so she's always kind of insinuated there that maybe she was uh, abused, but never ever led to that. And now, you know, on Thanksgiving day, she told me that apparently the doctor said that she was date raped and that, you know, she woke up the next morning very sore and she just like pretty much flat out said she was raped by my father. And (laughs) I, I like don't know what to say. I didn't know what to say to my mom then because her story changed dramatically and she's never said that she went to the doctor the next day she never told me she woke up feeling sore she never said any of these things before and I'm so sensitive to not 
discount a woman who says that she's been sexually abused because, well, A, I've been sexually abused and I didn't feel comfortable coming forward about it for a very long time because I was scared no one would believe me. And and that's the exact reason why I don't want to discount my mom because I know she's been sexually abused by, for sure, my gra- my step-grandpa because he's admitted to that. And my grandma never believed my mom. So my mom has gone through such a traumatic past already, you know, and I don't want to be another person who doesn't believe her. But after talking with my aunts and my mom, I just, my mom, like since I found out who my father is, her story just really doesn't add up. And I want to believe her. Of course, I also, the other side of me doesn't want to believe her because I don't want to believe that I was a rape baby. Um, And obviously my father's not here to defend himself. So or to shed any light on the situation whatsoever. So that just leaves me even more confused. But oh, all in all, um, you know, I guess I just left Thanksgiving just so hurt. I mean, just so hurt, really. I don't even know. I can't even like, and I'm not, I don't want to be like, well, poor me, because I know there's people who've gone through so much worse. But I can't help but just honestly, just be hurt. It just stinks, you know, and I'm not going to whine about it. I'm not going to sit here and complain because I'm so fortunate that I even know who my father is. It's just that, you know, my mom said to me, Jamie, when are you ever going to be at peace with this? Like, please, like essentially saying, please stop bugging me about this. Stop pulling my skeletons out of the closet. But it's like, mom, I just wish my mom would understand that like, it's, I'm not trying to pull her skeletons out of the closet and I'm not trying to bug her about it. I'm not trying to reveal any wrongdoing that she's ever done. I'm simply just trying to understand my origin, like how I came about, who is my father, like where do I come from? And I've never known my whole life and I just want some sort of guidance or some sort of like direction on it. And she just, it's just very clear that she has no interest in talking to me about it and she just kind of just, I mean, whether she, I don't, I honestly don't believe she was raped because that, I mean, her story's changed. It was never that before. And now all of a sudden she's been to the doctors and the doctor said she was date raped. I mean, this just never been part of the story before. And also she, there's a lot of other reasons why it's hard to believe because my mom first and foremost said that she could remember his face in the mirror, but not his name. But this man was a very prominent man. He owned a, a local, like, grocery store type like a like a corner store gas station and her my mom's boyfriend worked for him so my mom technically cheated on her boyfriend at the time with her crush who was his boss which is why I think my mom never wanted anyone to know who my father was and obviously she didn't really know either but um you know if if, if it truly was him but if she could remember his face in the mirror and it was a prominent guy who her boyfriend worked for that was always the story since I was a little kid. And I know that for sure. Cause I remember this, her telling me this since I was a kid. So if she could remember his face in the mirror and then, then she knew who he was all along. And maybe she just never wanted to tell me because she cheated on her boyfriend. And that makes more sense to me now, because when I talk to her, she's now dating the same guy, which is such a coincidence. She's dating the same guy that she had dated before who worked for my father at the corner store. And she didn't want him to know. She still has not told him that my father is Frank Rogan, who is his old boss. She, I know this is kind of hard to follow and forgive me for the rant, but thank you for listening. Cause I feel like I need to talk to someone about it. And it's, it's just not something that I can, I feel like, I don't know what it is about this podcast, but I feel like I can just open my heart here. And it's like, it really is like a therapy session. So thank you for listening. But in any case, she doesn't want her boyfriend now, which who was her boyfriend then, to know that Frank is my father, his old boss is my father, because A, he was one of the guys that I had a paternity test with, and it was negative. And also, obviously, she was dating him at the time when I was conceived. And it would be very clear that she cheated on him with my dad, and that's how I came about. So she just doesn't want him to know, even now, because she's... I don't, and maybe I'm being a bit dramatic, but it seems like she's choosing her boyfriend and like his feelings and their relationship over me, over, you know, helping me figure out who my father is and like understanding him. And it seems like she's done this my whole entire life. So, uh, 
Thanksgiving was just a rough, rough day for me because, you know, my sister, it's just such sad news. My sister Leah, um, cause she had just had the doctor's appointment the day before finding out that her baby isn't viable. And my heart just, just, it's just shattered for her. It really is. Cause she's never gone through a loss before. So it's almost like when you have one loss, then the second blow, it still hurts and it still sucks. But like, it's almost like you kind of remember the pain from before. Whereas my sister's just never had a loss before. And I remember my very, with Jonathan, my first loss. I mean, I couldn't get off the bed. Like I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't get off the couch. I couldn't shower. I couldn't eat. And my poor sister had to go have Thanksgiving dinner the day after. I mean, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. And anyways, I don't want this to be, you know, a woe is me or anything like that. Um, But I guess I'm figured I'd be honest about my journey because I'm sure I'm not the only one who has these types of struggles. So if you have these types of struggles as well, no, you're not alone either. I'm here with your girlfriend and it sucks, but we're, you know, we're healthy and we're alive and we're breathing and we have that to be thankful for. So that being said, rant over. Thank you for listening. (laughs) So the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is this HPV diagnosis that I got at the doctor's. Um, yeah, not fun. And I honestly just kind of want to brush over it because it's also a wee bit embarrassing. No joke. I shared about it on a recent Instagram post and (laughs) this is really embarrassing. All the news stations picked it up. I mean, I didn't even like, you would think I had a, like a PR person. Like I don't even, I don't have a PR person. FYI. There's not one person that I have for like, you know, to like publicize anything really. And I just put on Instagram and like Fox News talked about my HPV and MSN and just like all over the place. Like People Magazine picked up that I have HPV. And this is the most embarrassing part is that my new poppy, you know, so now you know, if you are just getting caught up, like I just discovered my family last summer, like my dad's side of the family last summer, my whole life, I've never known him. And so I just met this side of my family and my poppy's wife texted me and said, Jamie, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I can't even believe I'm admitting this out loud. And mind you, they're just a nice older couple, you know, probably I don't know. I'm going to guess like maybe in their seventies or eighties, you know? And so anyways, she texted me and said, Jamie, I saw on our news site that pops up on our phone that you have HPV. I just want to let you know that we're praying for you. And I mean, (laughs) I have no words. It's so embarrassing, but just FYI, HPV first and foremost, isn't talked about enough. So like, that's why I wanted to share about it. Like, there's a lot of women who have HPV. And I always kind of assume because it's a STI, not an STD. <laughs> I'm going to make that clear because it just sounds better that it's not an STD because those things run rampant. And you know that usually STDs come from multiple partners. So anyways, I'm like, it's an STI. No one talks about it enough. And I was like, a lot of women have this and it could be something very, very scary. You know, I have a friend who might have to have hysterectomy because she had a bad pap smear and it all started off with just the diagnosis of HPV. And now she has legit full-blown cancer. Uh, And then it could be something as simple as, you know, you have a leap procedure, get rid of like the dysplasia, like the cells that are a bit abnormal and it never turns into cancer and it's not a big deal. It can literally range from like that end of the spectrum all the way to you have cancer and you have to have a hysterectomy. So it's, it's a pretty vague, also like wildly unknown STI. It's not a disease, it's an infection. It's a viral infection. Um, and I don't know, like, I just feel like I'm just a wide open book and I'm not going to ever pretend to be anything that I'm not or, shame from who I am because what I found is that that just really makes me super insecure and awkward but also like there are so many other women who are suffering from this but no one ever talks about this you know having HPV I've only slept with five people in my whole entire life I'll just put it out there I don't care it's not like I've had a ton of sex partners and all of a sudden I have HPV like it's I'm I've been with the same man for the last almost six years I've been married so it's not like I'm some you know, promiscuous person. And I picked up an STI or, you know, anything of that nature. So anyways, I, I'm going to just politely brush over this topic. (laughs) I am a little nervous just because 
I'm pregnant, so I can't find out if the cells inside, you know, the, the abnormal cells that they found are precancerous or not, or if they are indeed cancer. But what they can definitely tell me is that I have HPV, um, which does not mean that I have cancer. So I'm not so worried about it, but I just know that it, it could turn into that. Um, and I can't, and I won't be able to do anything about it because I'm pregnant and I have to wait until six weeks postpartum for the follow-up. So that's the only like a little bit of a nerve wracking thing, but I'm honestly really not that worried because one of the first things that my my aunt from my dad's side ever said to me. I remember this so vividly because she was just so sweet. She, we were like, you know, she was sharing pictures of my dad with me and kind of telling stories. And she says, and just so you know, and she like kind of like tapped my, my uh, knee. She was like, just so you know, cancer does not run on our side of the family. So that's really good to know. Like, I guess only one person has ever had cancer on their side of the family. And you know, my mom says that cancer does run on our side of the family, but truly we don't really have, I, from like the family members that I know, it's usually heart disease, you know, like my grandpa unfortunately died from a heart attack. My grandma's had several strokes. So, and that's like both her mom and dad. So I feel like cancer isn't as prominent in our family. Although my mom said that she had breast cancer uh, and my sister Joanna said she had ovarian cancer. So I, 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 I don't know, but I'm going with positive vibes and so thankful for any prayers you want to throw out into the universe. Not going to, not going to complain about that. So thank you. And my sweet, my sweet Poppy's wife, Kathy, I'll have to thank her for, for the prayers. I mean, I guess I asked for prayers, but it's just like, I didn't think it was going to go all over the news, like so far that my Poppy's wife would read it. Like, it's just, oh boy, that's a little embarrassing. Not going to lie. It's funny because sometimes when I'm talking I sometimes or like you know even sharing on Instagram I just think of my friends I don't think of like family members reading stuff you know (laughs) I don't know oh my gosh I don't know what I was thinking so anyway and she doesn't have Instagram like they don't have Instagram or I don't think they even have Facebook so I was not anticipating that but uh thank you Fox and MSN and all you other news outlets for telling my (laughs) my dad's side of the family that I have HPV (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> so we are knee deep renovating our kitchen and we are going to get for sure the cabinets painted white. We're also going to get a quartz countertop. We're going to save our old countertops to make like a barbecue kitchen outside one day, but that's going to be like probably two years from now because A, it's kind of costly. Can't quite afford it yet. B, we're going to have a newborn next summer. So I'm not, we're not doing any sort of renovation with a newborn in the house. Like my sister's actually, my sister-in-law is doing that right now. And God bless her because she had to live with her parents for a hot minute because they're adding an addition on. And actually it went really, really well. And she was so thankful to have the extra set of hands, but I'm like, I don't know if my in-laws would want us to move in two kids in tow while we are renovating a house, but okay. So anyways, we're knee deep, we're renovating our kitchen and I want to change out the lamps, you know, the little, I don't know what you call them. Not, they're not chandeliers, but the lamps that hang over the counter. I want to change them to like a more of a farmhouse uh, type of lamp instead of uh, right now they're like a very modern type lamp from the previous owners, which they're really nice, but it's just not quite my style. So we have recently looked into Lamps Plus. It's the nation's largest lighting retailer with over 55,000 designs from top from top brands and their own exclusive designs and lighting, home furnishings and decor. And you really don't have to guess at what the designs will look like or wander around aisles of a big box store because Lamps Plus has videos with design tips and all the photos on their site tell you which light fixtures or furniture pieces are featured. So it's super easy to buy what you like. They also have a large selection of Minka Lavery lighting to transform your home into wonderful living areas. Minka Lavery is known for designs that blend function and style using innovative materials. So yeah, you can get up to 50% off hundreds of lights, furniture, and decor between November 25th and December 24th. They're having this huge holiday sale, so it's up to 50% off during the Lamps Plus holiday sale, November 25th through December 24th. You just have to go to lampsplus.com slash HMCP. So go to lampsplus.com slash HMCP, and I'll meet you over there because I'm genuinely looking, no joke, for those like farmhouse chandelier type lights to go over the counter. I'll let you know what I get too. And you guys have definitely heard me talk about this before. Native, it's a deodorant. It's a natural deodorant that I use literally every single day. It's upstairs in my bathroom cabinet. It is 
the best. I have tried so many natural deodorants hoping to find one that didn't have aluminum in it because aluminum can be linked to breast cancer and other illnesses. So I've been trying to avoid that kind of thing. And I think everybody should because why would you put that on your body? Finding a natural deodorant that works is not going to lie. It's a little difficult. At least it had been for me. I've tried like everything that the stores have to offer. And then Native sent me theirs to try. And I tried it before I ever shared about it because I was like, I'm not going to share this if it doesn't really work. I don't want to be that person. I mean, they have over 8,000 five-star reviews. So I was like, it's definitely worth a try. I tried it and it's great. So the great thing about it is that it goes on dry. It's not like wet and sticky. It really, really works. It keeps you from getting wet because it has these little tapioca starch beads in it that kind of absorbs any wetness. It is seriously amazing. I use the coconut and vanilla one. I think that is truly the best smelling one and it works really, really well. But they have lots of different scents you can choose from and there's literally zero risk to try because they offer free returns and exchanges in the USA. So yeah, if you want to give natural deodorant a shot and one that I truly stand by, you can get 20% off your first purchase. Just head to nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code HMCP during checkout. And I highly recommend if you're not sure what scent to get, get the coconut and vanilla. It's really, really good. But yeah, go to nativedeodorant.com, use the promo code HMCP, and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. And if you get it, let me know if you like it because I mean, I love it. I'd love to know if you guys like it too. All right. Last thing I want to talk about before we bring our wonderful guest on today is Wild Foods. Wild Foods is a food company that puts quality, sustainability, and health first in all of their products. They have everything from coffee to fish oil, and every single product is painstakingly sourced from small farms around the globe. They take their mission serious to fix the broken food system, and they believe that real food is medicine. So it's just a great company that sources all of their food from small farms. They're gluten-free, preservative-free, soy-free, and they have many vegan and organic options as well. And all the products are derived from Whole Foods and not the store. And it also has one of the only fish oils that's certified by Friends of the Sea. So it's just, to me, I'm really trying to eat healthier, be aware of what I'm putting in my body and on my body. Ever since I was pregnant with Gracie, I really like have taken to this. I just think it's really, truly important that we are aware of these things. And you know, I'm all about this type of thing. So I asked a partner with Wild Foods to see if they would give you guys a discount code. So you just head to wildfoods.co. Use the code COOLPARENTS12 to get 12% off and let me know what you think. I mean, I genuinely believe that real food is medicine. So yeah, that's just wildfoods.co. Use the code COOLPARENTS12 to get 12% off your whole entire order. All right. I think it's time we bring our guest on. I think you're absolutely going to love her and ah, I'm just so excited for this. So enjoy. All right, Sarah. First things first, thank you so much for coming on the Hot Marriage Cool Parents podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we put a little uh, note out to all of our friends asking who would they want to hear from? And you were like a top contender. Top, again. Really? That's exciting. You know, I've actually been following you for a while and I love you. But let me, for those of you who don't know her, let me tell you a little, a little bit about the bird's papaya. So Sarah Landry hosts one of the most popular podcasts. It's called the Papaya Podcast. And she has over 700,000 Instagram friends, family, girlfriends, I don't know what you want to call them, fans, I guess. <laughs> She's the mama to her three beautiful kiddos who are in eighth, sixth, and fourth grade. And after the birth of her children, she lost a hundred pounds and went through a life-changing decision of divorce. She was a single mother until she found the love of her life. But before finding the love of her life, she learned to love herself first. And she's helped so many other women along the way. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the Hot Marriage Cool Parents podcast and chat with us. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my goodness. I have so many things I want to ask you. For sure. The first thing I want to ask is what? how did you come up with the name The Bird's Papaya? Oh, such a common question. So I actually, like years ago, I had a blog and I was I was starting it out of like the pits of boredom of motherhood. I was a stay-at-home mom and I was very isolated. We were a single car family. So I just didn't really have any way to like leave. I was living in Ottawa, which was like you get snowed in for six months of the year. There just wasn't a lot to do and I really felt really isolated. So I 
was watching this online community kind of build and I wanted to start my own blog. So as a stay-at-home mom of these two little girls at the time, my son was not yet born, I decided to name it after them and I named it after their nicknames. So it's Gemma Birdie and Maya Papaya was their nicknames and it just stuck. So it's one of those things that has just never left and my son loves to throw it in my face all the time. But yeah, that's where it came from. I was like, I wonder if she just loves papaya. Like, I mean, I just, it is it the bird does it. I know, right? It's like, what is that? And why are you doing it? Yeah, no, I totally get that question. I love that though. I mean, there's nothing more meaningful than naming after your children. Yeah. I know you're like a wide open book and I wanted to just ask some, some probably more vulnerable questions, but I think a lot of women relate and I know that you're wide open. So, um, the first question I have is just like, what were some of the challenges of being a single mother? Honestly, it's so funny because like, yes, there, it was like kind of difficult in a lot of ways. Like there was a lot that it challenged me to kind of I had to provide for myself for the first time. I actually got married when I was um, 19. So I was right out of high school. I got engaged and I got married. I left from my parents' house right into a married home. And so I had never learned finances, having my own bank account. I went kind of from jobs that I very much was like nurtured in where everything was kind of done for me and never did my own taxes. I just didn't worry about a lot of the stuff that most adults have to take care of. I was very focused on just be a wife and be a mom. And that was that. So a big part of that was like being pushed into having so much responsibility all at once. I felt like I was a teenager learning everything for the first time again. And I actually moved back in with my parents at the time, but there was a lot that they were helping us with, but a lot that I had to kind of like forge my own path to kind of grasp and understand and learn. And so that was like the big part. It was very like a humbling experience to kind of be like, I have no idea how to even open a bank account and I don't know how to save money and I don't know how to like pay these bills. Like there was a lot to learn. So, but I will say that the one thing as, as all the struggles that there maybe was through that, it actually was the season of life that I felt the strongest and the most empowered because after years of being married and having like, you know, this picture perfect family and a home that I like adored to decorate and all of these things, I had put myself into so much stuff and to like all these different things that I felt identified me. So walking away from all of that And finding myself at the happiest being that I had nothing. I had no car, no job, no home. And, but I was with my kids and I was like living my truth. That was like a really empowering moment. So that whole season, regardless of the struggles, it really just held me up by the fact that I was doing it. Like it didn't matter. It was like that. I'm really, I'm really obsessed with that. Like frozen two song, like just the next right thing. I feel like that was my season of life. It was a, what can I do right now? What is the next thing I can do? Just focus on this one day, just focus on this one bill, just focus on this one task. And that's kind of how I lived that entire season. That is so inspiring. And I think it just, it's just anybody who has to face a, a really tough struggle. It's obviously really overwhelming and you're scared that you're not going to be able to get out of it. But when you start tackling that challenge and you start climbing that mountain, you feel you're not even at the top yet, but you're like, oh, I feel like a million bucks. Cause like every day you're getting a little bit further and further. What advice do you have for single moms for, you know, the ones who are like knee deep in being a single mom, but also the ones who may be newer to being a single mom and, or who are on the verge of becoming a single mom, maybe going through divorce or what, what have you, who just don't know how to find that strength or feel over, like already feel defeated by it. You have to really just like pursue yourself. There's going to be so much that people will assume for you and think that is best for you or the way that they would do things. And the fact is like anybody going through divorce knows this. Nobody really chooses that without it being a necessity. I don't like there are single moms by choice and that is like definitely a thing now as well. But most people like the ideal situation is to have somebody to partner with you. So already understanding and having the grace for yourself that this is not an like a quote unquote ideal situation, but it doesn't mean that it can't be so incredible and so amazing. And I think the one thing that a lot that happens for a lot of women is there is a quietness. If you share custody, so I share custody and there was a lot of guilt involved when I was not with my kids because my house was very quiet and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I would go out and then I would receive messages of, oh, it must be nice. It must be nice to not have your kids all the time, not knowing the suffering pain it was to be at home in a quiet. And then there's times that like you try and go out and hang out with your friends and you've got kids with you. And then like, that's a struggle too, right? So 
I think what I'm really, what I would really, really recommend, regardless of where you are in the journey, is like make sure that you're taking care of yourself because that is like, and and it's an uncomfortable thing to deal with aloneness. But in your aloneness, figure out who she is and figure out what she needs. As mothers, we are so good at taking care of others and looking at those needs first. And the fact is. Like we hear that saying all the time, like you can't pour out of an empty cup, but that is, that is the most true thing. And truly the reason I walked away from an 11 year marriage was because I was on empty and I was giving so much to this one catastrophic issue that I was not being the mother I should be and could be. And walking away from that, it gave me this lightness and this ability to even throughout the challenges and even throughout the fact that I would have to work more and be with them less. It gave me the quality that I had when I was with them. It was no longer this quantity of time where I was not really my best self, but it gave me quality time with them. And that still rings true today as uh, as we've gone on and gone down this road. My quality of relationship with my kids is so much stronger and the quantity is less because I am working more and I'm no longer a stay-at-home mom and I've had to do things to sustain that, right? So that is that is kind of what it's what's been the biggest thing for me. Preach it, girl. Like I think that the quality over quantity yes. is everything. And I think that yes. any mama listening to this right now, whether I mean, I mean, we've all been there. We've had a whole day with your kid and you're like probably like ripping your hair out and like can't wait for nap time, like right after breakfast. <laughs> and then you feel guilty because you're like, but I should be so happy I have this yeah. time with my kids. This is how I feel sometimes. Thursdays I have like just just Gracie and I for the whole entire day. And I'm like, it's like, I only get like one day, the full day, but, uh, by like breakfast, I'm like, okay. So she's like, she's literally destroyed my whole house. And I'm like, okay, what can I do to entertain her now? Yeah. For me, I just remind myself that I have to work every other day and I, who cares if she makes my house a complete pigsty? Like I'm just going to enjoy all of it. Life is messy and we don't have to be so clean about it. I, I think that that's like such an unrealistic standard and one that's made me feel guilt my entire life is like, I'm not a clean person in a lot of ways. I'm not very organized. I'm not very put together. Like I can do my hair. I can do my hair and makeup really well. I love everything you're saying. You're so inspiring. I just love you. But okay. So you said that during your divorce, it was also the first time in your life that you were able to push back on societal standards. First of all, what did you mean by that and how were you able to do that? So when I was going through my divorce is I was just at the end of this hundred pound weight loss journey, which I was openly sharing online and really quite proud of. But um, I was dealing with a lot of inner demons with the fact that I had now lost 100 pounds. I was very unhappy in my marriage. I was very unhappy in life. I was very unhappy with my body. And I kind of was just exhausted. I mean, like you kind of get to your end when you're like, I've done everything. I've gotten married. I have this house. I've, I, I live this life and I these beautiful children and I lost the weight. I have no excuse to not be happy. But the fact is I was trying to place my happiness in all of these things and, and not in myself, like not really rooting it in who I was. I was trying to use all of these societal ideals and blueprints of life that weren't my blueprints. And that was a difficult thing to have happen. So once I actually left the marriage, that was like the first step was kind of like, okay, this is not really a societal ideal ideal to kind of be, be walking away from this. And I know people are going to say a lot of things. And um, so I had to walk away from that knowing that I was going to be the one that would hold that truth. I knew that I would never share the why on the divorce because I have children and family to consider. Um, so I had to really hold that really close to my chest. And then I was losing weight even more because I was shaking for weeks. I mean, it was the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And um, I went down even more in weight and I was barely eating. I was over-exercising. I mean, I was I was probably intaking about 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day, working out two, three times a day, working as a server where I would walk like 15,000 steps in a shift. I was rapidly dropping like very small and everyone was just like, congratulations. Like you've never looked better. Like you look so good. Like this is amazing. Look, congrats. And I was just all of a sudden very awakened to, I've created this dialogue around my body that the best thing I could be doing is getting smaller. I'm now completely in the midst of realizing that I have disordered eating. I have no idea how to eat more. I'm going to have to gain weight and it scares the hell out of me. There was a lot that just kind of scared me. And so kind of after all of these years of trying to be this person and trying to be so societally acceptable, 
I decided to kind of do what was going to be me and share the other side of it and choose to be a lot more vulnerable. And it took me a long time to really get gritty with it, but it slowly started by sharing that truth and by allowing my body to gain weight and by speaking into how hard that was and how there's almost no information out there on how to stop dieting, but yet billions and billions of pages on Google on how to lose weight and so many diets that you can do to get there and and all of these before and after pictures that I completely was a part of that showed a sad woman in an overweight body and a really happy woman in a thin one. And I had to be real honest about the fact that I got thin, but it didn't make me happy. And and what does that mean if, if losing weight doesn't make us happy, but that's what we were told our whole lives. And so whether it was divorce and single motherhood, stretch marks, postpartum, weight loss, diet culture, I just wanted to speak into it to how my experiences were with it and to let people know that you can rewrite that narrative for yourself and that you don't have to adhere to what the world has said over and over in these idealistic standards. And you can make it something that is all true to you and through doing that, I found out that there's a lot of women who share very similar body types. And there are also women who look nothing like me that are, you know, rocking those bodies in all different ways and live healthy lives. And, and that was really something to take away too. So it's really just pushed me to view the world a whole lot differently and give my body a lot more grace. Oh my gosh. I just love this. First and foremost, to me, it seems like every woman has probably struggled at some point in their life with you know, loving themselves just exactly as they are, you know, like the dimples on their butt cheeks, the stretch marks on their belly, whatever the acne on their face, like whatever it may be. It's, it's hard for us to love ourselves just the way we are because, you know, all we see is like airbrushed, you know, models on magazines and you're like, Oh, I want to look like that. I just love your honesty because you know, every single one of us think that we want to be like a size two and, you know, six foot tall and walk a runway. And, you know, honestly, the greatest thing is because of women like you, there are some of us who have grown up to just love the way the the skin that we're in because they have good role models. So thank you. hundred percent. Yeah. And it means a lot. Like we can, we can be those role models too. Right. And, and kind of changing the way that we, we talk about ourselves in front of our children or in front of our friends, that makes a difference. And, and I think once, you become more cognizant of it, you understand like when we're sitting in a room and we speak self-hate into our own bodies, we have no idea what self-hate we're speaking to the bodies that surround us as well and how much, how damaging that can be. And once you are trying so hard to love your body or not even just love it, like I think that that's a really unrealistic thing for a lot of people to be forced into loving their bodies. I think it's a much safer place and a, a better thing to project is to say, if we could just stop thinking about our body so much, if we could just be neutral in our thoughts around it and realize, like I've said this a lot, but you know, it's the least interesting part of us. So if that is the least interesting part of us, if we could deprioritize our bodies in the way that we discuss them, it makes it really difficult when you're sitting in a room of girlfriends and everyone's picking apart how fat they look or feel and what diet they want to be on. And, and there's nothing wrong with them. They're not in the wrong. It's more that diet culture has made these things so, so normal. And so we do it around our children too. And we speak about our bodies and we say the things that we don't like and they watch us and they learn that language. They learn how to speak from us. Like that is the first dialogue that they ever have. So if we are going to be narrators for them, everything we say to ourselves, think about your own daughter looking in the mirror and saying those same things and it'll break your heart real fast and it'll wake you up real fast. Yeah. I just can't get behind this message enough because so my mom, when I was younger, my mom had five kids and she was never, ever, ever, ever happy with her appearance. And she was, she honestly, she's a beautiful woman now that I'm older and I'm looking back, but she would always talk about like how she just wanted to lose a little bit more weight or does this outfit make me look fat? And this is like a lot of moms. I mean, my mom is not alone in in doing that. And so I really did become like, I was skinny. I was so skinny, but I started dieting when I was in high school. I would run five miles every other day because I wanted to be in shape. And then I never felt skinny enough. So then I would go home and binge eat like sugar, like these cookies that my mom would make. And I would eat the whole entire thing. And then I'd feel like a big fat slob. And it was just this terrible cycle. And, you know, I just can't get behind this enough because I don't want my daughter to grow up like that. So I've literally learned 
through influencers like you and just like other people who have been like, listen, just love yourself just the way you are. Because if you don't, and if you, if you speak that into the universe, then your, your daughter or your son, I don't have a son, but like, I think that a lot of times men are kind of not brought into this group, but like there are boys who also have body images. Yeah. Yeah. And more than that, and if they're not dealing with body image, they deal with it in a little bit of a different way. It seems like I I know that men deal with it very much so, but they're not the same kind of thinkers as we are. I don't know very many men that have struggled in the same regard to how much like they will just not show up to things like women can tend to do. Like men have much more categorical thinking where for us very much everything it's like there's i remember this being a title of a book once it was like men are like waffles women are like spaghetti and it's like everything for us is so intertwined so when we're not feeling good about our bodies we're not really feeling good about the way we eat we're not really feeling good about going to the beach we're not really feeling good about being intimate with our partners it kind of pulls into everything else where men can be a little bit more categorical about it they might not love their bodies but it doesn't always spill into every other aspect of their life and their confidence as an overall however i do think that that. And, and because I do have a son, this has been important to me as well. Um, it is so important for men to be a part of this conversation. It's important because we need them as allies and we they are at the moment the ones with the most amount of privilege and ability to make change in this space as well. So what I want men to understand and what I want men to start you know, grasping is that when they start to support a message of a woman truly loving her body, regardless of if she's changing or not, I know that there is like a lot of people who are still on weight loss journeys or like postpartum journeys and stuff. And like, there is going to be change that can happen in a body, but like, it's about the confidence and loving yourself throughout it. When men start to understand that it's okay for women's bodies to change and to be encouragers and supporters and allies to that, they are going to experience the benefits like astronomically compared to like, what women will. They will start to see, like they will, they will not only experience how beautiful diversity is and change in a woman's body, but they also get to view the world so much differently. And we have to give them like a little bit of, um, grace too, because they've been raised in, you know, what we know to be the society today, which is a lot of saturated images of one specific type of female body. And their brains are now conditioned to think that that's what they were supposed to be attracted to. And so when they have that happening in their minds, they're not really being given the opportunity to see the other side. And what's happened to women is that all they've seen is this one type of woman. So that when they're not that type of woman, they hide their bodies and they hide themselves from that, or they try to only be like that one type of woman. And it just perpetuates this oppression of the female body. But what happens when we start to take that back and we show beauty in different ways, men now get to have an opportunity to say, you know what, that's actually pretty damn attractive too. And we give them an opportunity to see something different as well. And they have an opportunity to be encouragers of that and to be ones that really will come forward with that. Like, And I have to be honest, like my audience is 97% women. But I really, really deeply want to get into the market of talking to men so that they understand, you know what, if your woman feels really good about yourself, chances are everything else for you works out so much better too. Like in intimacy, in the home and life, in your experiences, like confident women, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what her body looks like. It matters how she feels. And that is, that is what's so attractive and what men need to kind of, you know, understand more and women do as well. Okay, so that completes part one with the bird's papaya, Sarah Landry, and uh, I could just soak up all of her words of wisdom. I felt like I really needed to hear that conversation. I feel like with the holidays coming around, everybody is always worried about dieting and eating healthy. And and don't, don't get me wrong, I genuinely really believe in eating healthy, but there's nothing wrong with butter. There's nothing wrong with sugar. There's nothing wrong with any of it as long as you have it all in moderation. And what is wrong is when we hate on our bodies because we have a roll or we have flabby arms or we have a zit you know, on our face or cellulite on our tushes. It's like, newsflash, everybody's had cellulite and everybody has a little flab on their arms, but those arms help you hold your babies and love them. You know, your legs help you walk from point A to point B. And I know that sounds like almost like, I don't know, cliche or super deep, but it's like, it's so true. It's like our body has done such amazing things for us. And if we look in the mirror and only like spew hate words at it, it's just, 
it's just like, why? Because it does so much for us and we only get one body in one life and we really do need to love it and cherish it and respect it. And I really think that that starts with what you put inside it, what you put on it, but also what you say to it. And don't even get me started on what we say about ourselves and to our friends in front of our children, because truly like that really had a really big impact on me when I was a kid, when my mom was constantly on a diet and always complaining about her size. And I know she meant well, I mean, that's just like society, like society tells you you're fat if you're not a stick. And so she was just believing all the lies that the media told her basically. But um, I guess just because I grew up with that, it really did give me a bit of an eating disorder. I wouldn't say like it was nothing crazy. I did take laxatives though, trying to poop it out because I just love food. So I couldn't stop myself from eating. I just did some crazy things trying to lose weight when I was younger. And I'm so thankful that there are women like Sarah who are like, screw that. (laughs) Well, I'm not taking, I'm not doing another diet. I'm going to love my body and respect my body just as it is. And you should too, because really it's kind of cool that our bodies are so powerful. Yeah, girl. So next week, we'll pick back up right where we left off with Sarah Landry of the Papayas podcast and the Birds Papaya on Instagram. And we're going to just dive deeper into more of these real issues. But also, I wanted to let you know before I let you go that we have our 50 five-star reviewers, those of you who have left a five-star review on iTunes, you are in the drawing for a $5 gift card for anything that you want, really. I'm going to give it to you on PayPal or Venmo. So we have the 50 names and I'm actually going to do my best to call them out right now. So if you have left the review on iTunes, a five-star review on iTunes, then you know, stay here and listen to see if you won the $5 gift card. But if you haven't left the review, then what are you waiting for? Go over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. And, uh, and also you should check the hot marriage, cool parents page, because I'm going to actually write these handles down there. And if you don't email me, then you're not gonna be able to get that gift card. So you have to be able to email me confirming that this is truly your handle. And that was truly your review. And then I'm sending you over some moolah. I mean, it's not a lot. It's like five bucks. (laughs) Let's be honest, like that barely buys a coffee anymore, unless you're at like a gas station, which is so sad. It's just getting so expensive. If you go to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, it's sometimes it costs more than $5 for a coffee. It's out of control. But we wanted to get you or at least help get you a coffee for just being such great and loyal and loving supporters of us. And we want to support you and love you and be loyal to you right back. So here we go. Laugh Lot 66897, Murphles 03, Midgey 1417, Arus Cannon, Kristen B 040905, FEL 2323, Lump 501, Drew Lee, 218, Ellie, 320, Allison, Nicole, Megan, Heitch, HLMC, 1026, BD, May, Bree, Cinco de Mayo Bride, Nora P, Maths Fran, J102814, 99KLS23, Morgan, Future Nurse, Mama to my cuties, underscore eight bit underscore gamer underscore twelve seventy four, Claire's underscore mommy underscore honey, Sierra Lee, Kate Evan, Danny L five two eight three one seven, Lime Zal Lemon, Sassy twelve, N Deck, Mariah Lowry, Leanna Rose. Ash 17 DIL 30, smiley face with a lot of exclamation points and then a huge smiley face. Lexi Ray 3, always Amber, Bridget in Florida, running Weiss, underscore happy listener, Carrie C 2887, MKEY 23, Po Po Pod, Alicia 2988, Todd and Lisette, Val. 1969, Emmers 79, Brianna Ellen, Sarah Binkowski, April Sweat 1005, Mickey Utecht, Tracy LE 88, and dun dun dun, Nicole Nearman. 
all 50 of you are getting coffee on us and I hope you absolutely love it. So just send me an email. It's jamie at jamieotis.com and include your PayPal email so I can actually send you the money and or your Venmo number, preferably PayPal. It's way easier and I don't think there's a fee involved. So if you guys can just shoot me over an email, I'll be sending you over some coffee on us. Thank you guys so much. We'll be chatting with you next week right here, same place, same time. And we're going to finish off that interview with Sarah from the Birds Papaya. I mean, I just think she's, she's just amazing. So talk to you guys next week. Hope you have a good week. Bye.